Welcome to the MSEC Podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name is Susan Sellers, and I'll be your host for today. Today's podcast has been made possible thanks to the generous support from the Military Spouses Association, 29 Palms. Joining me today is TJ Schmidt from HSLDA to discuss the legal aspects of homeschooling for our military families. TJ, thanks for coming on the show. Well, I'm glad to be here. Well, we are certainly excited to have a chance to partner with HSLDA again and Goodness knows our military community loves acronyms, but for our listeners that actually don't know about your organization, what does HSLDA stand for and how does your organization support military families? Well, Susan, HSLDA stands for Homeschool Legal Defense Association and uh, kind of a mouthful there. So everybody goes with HSLDA. Now, HSLDA was founded uh, over 39 years ago back in 1983, and our primary mission has been ever since that time to advocate for and defend the right of parents to educate their children at home. So much of what we do is to assist parents in understanding what's required for them to be able to educate their children at home in the state that they live in, and then really to help them if or when they have issues with local school officials, government officials, social workers, colleges, and even some employers. Now, as far as uh, what we do to support military families, obviously we recognize that you know, our military families are providing uh, you know, just an invaluable service to our nation or country all across the globe here in the United States and internationally. And uh, HSLD is of course primarily in the United States, but we have and support our international military families all across the country, whether they're serving in Germany or Korea or another foreign placement. So much what we do for military families is what we do for for any family, and that is to give them information and advice, uh, particularly for military families who are moving, oftentimes every two years, they're moving to a different uh, placement. And so we'll provide information on how to get started. We have forms that we can send to our military families. Uh, We have, contacts who provide information. We have a legal team for each state, and then we also have an international team. Um, And so just to really anyone uh, here at HSLDA, our goal is to support and provide assistance to homeschooling families, whether they're a civilian or whether they're in the military. Well, we certainly are appreciative of your organization's support of military families. And in fact, you and I partnered on a webinar, I think it was back in 2020, which certainly feels like a million years ago. <laughs> yeah, certainly it does. And, and yeah, it was just before uh, the world shut down for the COVID pandemic, if I remember correctly. And, uh, you know, shortly after that time, uh, you know, millions of families found themselves educating their children at home. Some of them uh, through their local public school and others made that decision to jump into privately homeschooling. and. And so I think a lot has changed since we've last spoken. (laughs) I completely agree. And we are seeing a trend upward uh, with the continuation of homeschool, whether it's from the the current environment or if it's because it's a, a good fit for that particular family. When you and I did the webinar, though, we had a lot of questions kind of related to the legal aspects when it comes to homeschooling. So I thought it would be fun to have you back on the show 
actually just kind of go through some of the more common questions that you receive from military families and just see what we have in terms of correct answers or maybe even actionable measures that they can take. Does that work for you? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so the first topic that comes to mind, if I remember from the webinar, are the homeschool requirements. You know, where a military family is stationed, well, that may not be, of course, their home of record, or maybe even what they consider their state of residency. So, with each state having different laws, which state does the family follow? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think one that is very uh, common in a military family, because obviously you do have so many different things. You've got the home of record, you know, the place where you were located when you entered the military that never changes. But then you obviously have uh, your state of, of legal residence that you can declare as a military uh, personnel, military family. And once you've established legal residency, you can then claim that as your state of legal residence in the military. And that may remain the same, even though you are stationed in a different state or internationally. We have uh, some close friends who uh, their state of residence, the state of Florida, but they're living here in West Virginia now. So those are great questions. And what I would tell a military family is uh, that they should comply with the laws of the state where they physically living. So where they're domiciled, so where they and their children are, that's the state that they're going to comply with. Now, for some military families, uh, if they're going to be stationed overseas, there may be some questions and we can go more into that topic later or in future webinars. But um, the basic thing is as a military family, uh, as a member of HSLDA, you can contact us and we can walk you through each individual situation. And a lot of military families, you know, they move in the middle of the school year or they move towards the end of the school year. And so we can even give you uh, recommendations on what you need to do when you're moving. So if you're moving in June, maybe different than when you're moving in December. And so all of those things as a military family, we walk you through. But the general rule of thumb is you need to comply with the laws in which you're physically located. So your domicile, not necessarily where your state of residence. Now, there are a lot of different you know, issues as a military family, benefits that you can take advantage of, and so it's it's very important to kind of walk through some of those things as a homeschooling family as well, because if you have high school age children, there may be some things that you may need to pay attention to uh, or be aware of uh, that could benefit you as a military family, uh, even though you're homeschooling. Well, you brought up several points that we'll get into a little bit later, international homeschooling being one of them, high schoolers being another, but for the military, you know, if nothing else, we can definitely say our lifestyle is unique. And you brought up something I hadn't thought of, and I want to explore it just a little bit. So for families that perhaps are moving mid-year, say they're moving from, you know, a state in the south, and then they're moving to a state in the northeast around, you know, December, January, mid-year moves, or maybe, maybe the family is only going to be at that particular duty station for a short period of time, maybe only 10 months. How does that factor in to the guidance that you just shared? Well, yeah, so each of these circumstances and situations are different. Um, I can remember talking with a uh, military spouse, a husband was stationed overseas, and she went to uh, live with, I believe, her parents with the children 
for two months because obviously dad's overseas and they just wanted to break up the routine. Um, you know, that's a very common question. Well, you know, hey, going to be going here for two months. Uh, do we need to worry about reporting in this state? And so in each of those circumstances, certainly I would encourage a parent to contact us so that we can provide them with specific advice to their situation. But generally, if you're only going to be in a location for, you know, maybe one or two months, it's a very specific amount of time, a set period of time, uh, and then you're going to be back in your normal state of domicile. And when I use the phrase state of domicile, I'm, I'm meaning the state and where you're physically living at the time, then you shouldn't really have to worry about homeschooling in that temporary placement uh, per se. So you really shouldn't have to worry about living in that state that you're only going to be there for a month or two. Uh, however, if you're going to be stationed in a duty station for you know, most of the school year, then I would generally suggest that, yeah, you're going to want to comply with the homeschooling laws of that state. If you're moving in the middle of the school year, I think it's really good to understand, well, what do I need to do with the state that I'm leaving? And then how can I begin in the state that I'm moving to? In some states, there's no actual requirement that you terminate your home education program or that you notify them that you've left. But as a practical matter, it may be beneficial for you to do that. Say, for instance, New York. If you're stationed in New York, and you move in the middle of the school year, uh, New York requires parents to submit an individualized home instruction plan and then quarterly reports or quarterly reports throughout the year. And so if you've moved, you want to be able to stop sending those reports, even though New York has no requirement that you notify them that you've left. There's a practical reason that you would want to do so, and we can help you in that. And then as far as moving mid-year, there's time frames. So sometimes, you know, as a military family, you're packing up, you're moving to a new duty station, you're getting uh, situated, unpacking. Uh, you may not start your homeschooling program right away. In fact, if you know with some advanced warning of this transfer, you may schedule your school break. And so you may take a, a month or several weeks off or two months off. Um, and then when you may need to submit your notice could vary on when you actually formally establish your home education program. A lot of the states, it's within 30 days of establishing your home education program, but it's not always the same. So you may have some leeway there as a military family that um, when you move mid-year, that you're not gonna have to necessarily get started right away I will have some flexibility in doing that. And so, of course, there's a lot of things when you're moving from one station to another, the family, uh, having those extra days or extra months could be beneficial. DJ, I really appreciate you explaining that. I think that is such helpful information for our families and certainly clears up some of those common questions when it delves into which state do you follow in terms of those laws and those rules. So for our military families, so often, you know, they have international assignments. Is homeschooling legal overseas and what should they be considering? You know, so as a military family, absolutely, you can continue to homeschool overseas. Uh, we do have an international team, uh, an attorney here at HSL Day, Mike Donnelly, who handles all of our international issues, assists military families and uh, Americans who are living overseas for a variety of different reasons, whether employment or foreign missions. So we do have actual 
uh, information for any family who is in the military and serves overseas internationally. It really depends on where you're going, what, what nation, what country you're going to be uh, traveling to, and as far as what you would want to do. Uh, sometimes if you're living on a military base, uh, there's certain uh, verification that you will need to provide either to the school liaison officer or to someone on base as far as um, school-aged children. We've helped many military families over the years with those issues. And I think most foreign postings are at least uh, somewhat familiar with homeschooling. Uh, you have more and more military families who are choosing this as an educational uh, choice. And in addition, uh, the DODA has uh, specific policies to allow homeschool students to be able to participate in certain activities, whether it's library services, even extracurricular activities, uh, and even take some classes through the local DODA school as well. So depending on where you're located, uh, we can help you in those situations. Now, obviously, one of the big issues and questions that often comes up is, well, what about Germany? Uh, Germany is uh, not very favorable to homeschooling uh, families, at least German citizens homeschooling. But generally speaking, this is an issue that we've been able to work out with both military uh, personnel and those serving families who are serving on staff. So what I would say is if you are going to be placed in a, a foreign duty station, please contact us, talk with our legal team there for our international families, and then we'll be able to uh, provide you with specific information and help you in that moving. Well, I think that's very encouraging for our families that are looking at an OCONUS move and certainly another resource for them to consider partnering with HSLVA to just see what their options can be. Now, for some of our families, they may have a student with exceptional needs. What should they know about their rights when it comes to homeschooling? Well, so there's a couple different things. First off, uh, as a family with a child, maybe with an exceptional need, any parent can have their child evaluated by their local school district here in the United States. Uh, anyone who's really between the ages of three to 21 would be potentially able to be evaluated through their local school district. You normally would have to provide a written request for an evaluation. And then within 60 days, the local school district be required to conduct an evaluation. Now, however, as a military family, you also can have some other potential uh, benefits as well through the military. And so you could contact your uh, school liaison officer uh, and they might be able to help you in getting not only services through the local school district, but also through the military. The question often is. Uh, what is the benefit or are there some pros and cons? Again, I think this is a situation where I would encourage any military family, talk to us here at HSLVA, and we can give you some ideas of the pros and cons. One pro is obviously that if your child has been identified as having a disability, then there might be entitled to certain services. However, as a homeschool parent, while everyone is entitled to an evaluation, only about half or 50% of the states require the local school district to provide services to a homeschool student or to 
really a non-public school student who's not placed in the public school. Uh, what federal law says is that anyone who is attending a public school is entitled to a free appropriate public education or FAPE as it's often referred to. When you uh, place your child in a private school or in a homeschool program, then the state has a little bit of leeway in determining what services they provide under uh, or in accordance with federal law. So again, uh, the pro would be is your state does provide services to homeschool students, uh, then you would be potentially eligible for those services. Some of the cons are those services that you could receive are generally still going to be under the control or through the, the local school district. And so they get to determine how those services are provided, when those services are provided, whether you get two 30-minute sessions a week or three 45 sessions a week. Um, they get to determine those things. And so a lot of the times find that uh, depending on the state that you live in, services that you're going to be receiving may or may not be worth you going through that process. The second thing to also keep in mind is, depending on your child's needs, if they are in fact identified for a disability, those identifications kind of stay with the child at least for three years um, and sometimes longer. Um, and so some parents, you know, maybe their child is struggling with a little dyslexia or there's other you know, minor developmental delay that they don't necessarily see that there's going to be a significant benefit for identifying their child's specific exceptional need. And so, again, those are things that we here at HSLDA can talk through with you. Um, there are a lot of private resources that we can potentially put you in connection with. Here at HSLDA, we have a whole team. And these consultants do a lot of different things. Specifically for this question, we have uh, what we call our struggling learning or special needs consultants. And these are great ladies who have a lot of resources, information, uh, and help guidance that they can provide to homeschooling parents who are looking for maybe uh, resources to help uh, children who struggle with dyslexia, or maybe someone who's on the autism spectrum. They do have a list of resources and information that some parents have found to be helpful for children with similar needs or on the same uh, autism spectrum. There are also a few states have a specific, they're, they're often called like an empowerment scholarship or education savings account for children who have exceptional needs. Depending on which state you live in, there may be some program that your child could benefit from. Now, these are generally publicly funded programs. And while HSLDA generally recommend uh, using private resources if possible, because that gives you as a parent the greatest amount of control and direction of your home education program. But for some parents, uh, these publicly funded programs are an alternative to get some services through the public school system. It does give you a little bit more control, even though you have to uh, perhaps provide uh, receipts and other documentation to justify the expenses through the Empowerment Scholarship account. So, for instance, Arizona, Florida, uh, those are two states that have Empowerment Scholarship accounts. And both of those are specific for children with uh, exceptional needs. And they are also eligible for uh, military families as well. That is such helpful and really important information for families that are weighing their options. And it certainly reinforces 
the adage that research is everything, researching what's available in the particular state that you may be moving to um, and making sure that you're taking advantage of all the opportunities. And when I say research, it also makes me think of high school. You know, so often high school, you're weighing the pros and the cons for your high schooler. I know we have three kids, we have one in college and two in high school, and we really had to weigh the challenges against the benefits with a particular school or the particular educational path that they were gonna take. What have you seen when it pertains to high school and maybe some of the challenges related to homeschooling? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, again, uh, this is a, a great question and one that does come up quite regularly. I know a lot of parents, you know, they were homeschooling through elementary school, maybe even through middle school, and then they realized that, oh my goodness, high school's coming. <laughs> and, you know, it can add a whole new complexity. Uh, and parents who've been educating their children for a number of years all of a sudden become, you know, very concerned. Are we going to be able to do everything that we need or that our child needs through high school? What do we need to be prepared for? Well, the great thing is here at Salt Bay, we have a number of high school consultants, and uh, these are individuals who are specifically uh, able to communicate with you on, you know, how do you prepare transcripts? How do you uh, come up with a homeschool high school plan? Are there records that I can be doing? Maybe for those parents who don't necessarily want to be having to calculate their child's GPA. Uh, we have a high school transcript resource that is available for parents to use either as a member of HSL day, or if you just want to sign up for the service itself. So all of those resources we uh, have provided to help families walk through uh, their high school preparation and uh, make sure that they've got all the resources and information at their fingertips. As far as military families in particular, you know, I think all, this is, especially important, many of uh, these homeschooling families in the military are moving on quite regularly. And uh, so they may have a child who's in two different states or maybe even three different states. So knowing exactly what is required um, and helping them in preparing for that is really invaluable, I think. Uh, so there's only a couple of states that actually make a specific requirement for homeschooling through high school. Um, say, for instance, in New York, again, there's some specific graduation requirements. A few other states also do have specific uh, requirements. In most states, though, what you're going to be looking at is the general high school graduation requirements. Not that those are mandated or required for you as a homeschooler to follow, but those are kind of, as a general rule of thumb, a good guide for you to say, okay, you know, in this state, there's uh, four units of English language art and three units or credits of math and four credits of history. And so, you know, while you may look at the general credits and requirements of that state, we can help you in making that plan. One of the questions in particular, I just remember not too long ago, talking with a, a homeschooling mom, she lived in a state or they, the family lived in a state where the compulsory attendance age was 16. Uh, but they were going to be moving to a state where the compulsory school age was 18. Uh, they had a 17-year-old child, just graduated from high school, completed the requirements of that state, and now they're going to be moving to the state where the compulsory school age is 18. You need to worry about to go back to school. And, you know, I was able to reassure the mom, no, 
completed the requirements in the state that you're living in. There's no longer school age. You've graduated the child. You're not going to have to, you know, kind of start back up your homeschool program just because you're moving to a state that ages 18. So, again, very common questions that come up. We're able to provide information case by case basis to our families, to our military families, so that they can know with confidence what they need to do and how they can obviously launch their child out into either higher education or into employment, whatever their future may hold. Well, it's certainly a lot to take in. So where can our listeners find more information specifically about the resources that you've shared today? Well, that's a great question. The best place to go is just to our website at hslda.org. So again, www.hslda.org. And you can find all of the information right there at your fingertips about HSLDA, how to contact us. If you're a member, you can always uh, just give us a call at area code 540-338-5600, email, and through your membership portal on our website, you can email our learning consultants or special needs consultants. You can email our high school consultants, or you can email your legal team directly through your membership portal on our website. Now, we do also have a number of information for our military community. There's a link directly off our hsld.org website. You can also, if you just type in hsld.org forward slash military, uh, you'll come up with much of some of the, the resources that we have, but we do have a landing page for our military families, specific resources, discounts for military families, our international legal support is there as well, just right there at your fingertip. Well, TJ, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. I feel like we've gotten a great start, but there's still so many questions that I could probably ask you, and I'm sure our listeners could ask you. So we're actually going to be offering a homeschooling legal aspects webinar in June. So for our listeners, be on the lookout for that, along with two others in a series. We're going to be doing homeschool basics and how to select a homeschool curriculum. So if you've got more questions related to this particular topic, please check out those webinars and come join us for those live presentations. TJ, we really appreciate your continued support of our military and for always being willing to partner with MSEC. Well, Susan, it's my pleasure and I look forward to helping you and our military families in the future. As we wrap up, we would like to thank again the Military Spouses Association 29 Palms for supporting today's podcast. You've been listening to the MSEC Podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. Until next time, live a great story.